All right. Well, we're going to dive into Proverbs 10. And I know, I don't know about you guys, but I know we're getting very excited about um, Heartstrong relaunching back into the on season. Although the off season, it seems kind of funny to call it off season because God's done so much. And I know it's been so profound. There's really been no off about it. It's still been hardcore training in the walk of faith. And I love that. I love that. And you know what? Athletes, they train hard in the off season too. So really there is no off season in God. There really is just an on season, but we're excited to kind of bring the whole teaching team back together and to walk through the Old Testament um, together. And here I'm, I'm sporting a little bit of the Heartstrong, a, a new Heartstrong merch that will be coming out soon. We're working on getting the shop going. So um, we're excited about that. Well, I'm going to start today with our key verse, and it is found in Proverbs 3, verse 3 to 6. And if you have it in front of you, you can read it along with me, or maybe this is one that you already know. You can quote it along with me. Let's read it together. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Lee's literally just testified that exact thing. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil and it will be healing to your bones. Lise, we celebrate your healing today. And our discipline for this month is generosity and giving. So just, you know, prayerfully consider how God would want you to practice that spiritual discipline. Generosity and giving isn't only financial. It is also with our time. It is also with our words. It is also a generosity of spirit. And even as we dive into this chapter today, we're going to see some ways that, um, you know, operating in the way of love can actually be a generous response to offenses. Now, as we break down um, the studying today, we're going to use something called the heart study method. And what is the heart study method, you ask? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> what it is, is it's very similar to what you might be familiar with the SOAP method. It's similar to that. But again, because we're in HeartStrong, we want it to relate to what we're doing and to be easy to um, remember. So we're going to use the heart study method and it goes like this. And I can put it in the chat after the teaching today, the H stands for here. We want to, as we dive into scripture, always be listening for how the, the scriptures point to Jesus. So we want to hear Jesus in every story in every verse. We want to hear how it's pointing to the ultimate way of redemption that God has prepared for us. E stands for explore, and we always want to be exploring the scriptures in context. So we want to go deeper into the scripture to understand where it's coming from and what is the background of that scripture. The A stands for apply. Every time we read the word of God, it's not just for head knowledge. We all want to apply it to our lives. We want it to have a practical application of how we can live it out. The art stands for respond. And whenever we read the word of God, and then we're walking through an application process, we want to bring that to God in prayer. So our response is back to God in prayer to bring all the things that he's bringing to light and then pray that through. And the last one, the T stands for trust. And so it's not just that we 
understand the application. It's not just that we pray about it, but we want to take a step. We have to trust God enough to take a step with what we're learning. So that's the heart method. And I'm going to show you how we can use the heart method as we unpack the scriptures. And I'm just going to break down today's Proverbs 10 um, in the heart method, just to give you a short overview of what we're going to dive deeper into. So the H stands for here. We're going to hear Jesus and Jesus is our King of love. He showed us the ultimate sacrifice of love by laying down his life for us. And this sacrifice covered or concealed all my sin, all your sin and brokenness once and for all. And so we're going to see themes throughout this chapter about our choices to cover or conceal our sin or to choose the way of love that covers and conceals offenses. Proverbs 10 verse two says that righteousness delivers from death. And so we want to anchor into the truth that everything that we're going to learn today is only possible because we've been made righteous through Christ. We're blessed. We're rich. We're wealthy because of a perfectly righteous man, Jesus. Love is the greatest gift of all and love covers all offenses. And Jesus has led the way for us in how to love through submitted obedience to the father. Now the E stands for explore, explore in context. And so this Proverbs purpose is to encourage us to labor faithfully in righteousness, which excludes acquiring wealth and riches and getting ahead in life through unjust or through selfish means. You'll see these contrasts throughout the chapter, appealing us to be wise and prudent or diligent rather than foolish or shameful or squandering or slothful. But we must remember that it is the Lord who provides what we need. It's not through our own means. It's not from earning or doing enough right things. Blessing is always a gift of grace. Although there are lots of reference to God as provider for the physical needs of the righteous, we must keep more than simply physical needs in view as we read through the chapter. We want to elevate our thinking beyond just the natural realm of provision. God's provision is not to be compared to extreme wealth, but instead having your daily needs met. However, God always prioritizes wisdom as much more valuable than any kind of provision or wealth. And so I think that's important. Love is the greatest gift of all and love covers all offenses. So how do we apply this to our lives? We want to make this personal today and we want to reflect on what the Lord might want to reveal to us about our own sinful nature. We have a choice to either cover and conceal our sin, which inevitably will hurt us and hurt others around us. And the other choice we have is to practice the way of love when we're offended. So the questions you'll want to reflect on today as we go through the reading is what are you concealing or covering? What are you, where are you being led by love and covering the offenses of others? Where are you concealing your sin and continuing a cycle of hurting yourself and hurting others? Let's take a moment and respond to some of these things that we want to pray through um, as we prepare to read the chapter. Dear Lord, we thank you for who you are today. And we give you glory and honor to your awesome name. We come to you through your son, Jesus, today by the power of the Holy Spirit within us to ask you to bring revelation to us today about where we are concealing our sin. 
Give us the humility and the courage to lay aside our offenses and to walk in the way of love. Jesus, you showed us this kind of love powerfully and beautifully when you covered our sin. Holy Spirit, bring conviction and transformation to our hearts today. And we pray this in your holy name so that we can walk in the way of Jesus. Amen. And our trust Jesus step that we want to take today is that as we read through the Proverbs, I want you to think about what stands out for you. And then sometime today, maybe after we're done the study, maybe later on today, reflect on what God showed you and ask him to help you understand why he showed you. What does he want to speak to you about through that word today? So that's how we use the heart method for study. So as we dive into the reading of this chapter today, it's important to note that Proverbs 10 is a little bit different than Proverbs chapter one to nine. There are a series of one-liners that will cover a broad range of subjects. Each verse really could stand alone as wise instruction for life and for learning and for living. The way to read the rest of Proverbs is to sort of browse your way through. But when something stands out to you, um, stop and listen and wait and ask the Lord what he wants to speak. It's going to be so wonderful to unpack this together in community because there is a richness that comes as God reveals something different to each one of us. So you can go ahead and open up your Bibles if you don't already have them open to Proverbs chapter 10, and we're going to begin reading the chapter. And I'm just going to read a few verses at a time and then unpack a few thoughts as we go through the text today. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Anybody who has children can absolutely attest that this is true. <laughs> we feel this as parents. We feel this every day as we walk with our own children. Verse two says, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. And this is exactly pointing to Jesus blessings on the righteousness uh, blessings on the righteous anticipate the blessings on Christ the perfectly righteous man and the blessings that come to those who are in Christ Jesus and we thank you that those blessings come through grace alone we thank you lord for your incredible grace towards us verse 3 says the lord does not let the righteous go hungry but he thwarts the craving of the wicked a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. What is interesting about this is that rich is not necessarily what we might imagine in North America rich to be. Wealth in ancient Israel referred to good crops, having a, an income of sort, food, a home, a shelter over your, your, you know, over your head and something to pass along to your children. However, the Proverbs are actually trying to teach us something much more important, that wisdom is far better than wealth and righteousness with a little possession is far better than being rich while not knowing God and not walking in his righteous ways. There's a richness to wisdom and following the ways of Jesus that supersede any riches that the world can offer. 
If you have a conversation with any of the richest people on earth, you will see that they are some of the most unhappy and miserable and sometimes even foolish people. Money cannot buy happiness, joy, contentment, or fulfillment. Now, the rest of the chapter references on and off mouth and lips and tongue. And it's really, really interesting because these reoccurring themes relate to um, both hunger or desire or speech. What people desire and how they attain it are both indicators of how they walk. And isn't that so true? Jesus said, it's not what goes into the mouth that makes us unclean, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. A fool says in their heart, there is no God. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And so if the mouth and the lips are connected to the desire that's within us, then our prayer truly must remain. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord. That's really what we want the cry of our heart to be. We see other powerful themes in the chapter um, around these words conceal and cover. And this is really what stood out for me in the chapter. Verse six, blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. It can be very hard for us to be able to discern from the outside the blessings on the head of the righteous and the violence that is hidden by the mouth of the wicked because we can only see external facts, not intentions, not motives, not, not what's going on in the heart of a person. The wise of heart walks securely and they manifest what is good and they are a fountain of life. The wise seeks out the good of others, even when they are the offended party. Whereas the fool makes his way crooked, he will come to ruin and he conceals violence in his own heart, yet inevitably manifests it, it, it inev- inevitably will manifest as harmful to either others, hurtful or harmful to others, or to himself. He will deceive others for his own sinful pur- purposes. The reference to the winking of eye is actually not about actually winking. I don't know if you've ever read that and thought, oh my goodness, I guess Christians aren't allowed to wink. I think that's bad. That's sinful. It's not that. It's actually referencing someone who's being deceitful or lying. So it's, you know, a cute way of saying that. But this is the part I thought was so fascinating. This part that talks about love covering. This very word to cover is the exact same word in Hebrew, kasa, as conceal. So when we were just reading about how the foolish ones conceal sin, conceal violence, conceal their offenses, conceal their sins. The very same word cover or conceal is attributed to our response, the response of the righteous to love and how love covers offenses. I think that's a really powerful contrast and a powerful truth for us to grab hold of today. Let's continue reading in verse 13. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found but a rod is for the back of him who lacked sense. 
The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The wage of the righteous leads to life. The gain of the wicked is the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips and whoever utters slander is a fool. At the center of this section, there's a statement about wealth and poverty that requires careful attention. Though wealth can represent strength and poverty can lead to ruin, the verses that precede and follow reinforce the call to recognize what people pursue and how they pursue it is far more important than what they actually possess. So process matters. Pastor Jason and I say this all the time. It isn't just about the destination, but how we get there matters. If we destroy each other on the pathway, you know, to even reach a vision, a vision that seems really, really good. But if we destroy each other all along the way, that matters. And it actually matters to slow down. And even if it takes a little longer to get where we need to go, if we can do it together, if we can do it loving one another, then we are far better than just to actually get to where we think we want to go. Solomon was a very rich man, but remember Solomon's dream. God said to him, ask me for anything, anything that you want. And out of anything that Solomon could have asked for, he asked for the wisdom to rule his people. And this answer pleased the Lord so much. He didn't ask for more wealth. I know he was already wealthy and we might say, well, he already had riches, but sometimes the, the greed that gets in, the more we have, the more we want, we want to be the best. We want glory. We want honor. We want to be, and that was not on his heart. And this so pleased the Lord. And I, I want us today to recognize that every day, no matter what it is that we need, even physically, that wisdom is the greater gift. Deception conceals a hatred that causes contention among others and ruin for the person who deals in it. Seeking wisdom through obedience, by contrast, fosters a love that can make peace with others. And this is the pathway to life. Verse 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Can I hear an amen to that one? <laughs> Have you ever been in a conversation and you're like, yeah, no, just stop talking. Just stop talking. You're digging yourself deeper into a pit or maybe been a spectator in a conversation and you're like, oh, just, just stop. Just stop talking. <laughs> you just need to stop. <laughs> the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. These three proverbs contrast the prudent and productive character of righteous speech with the revealed emptiness of what is concealed in foolish speech. The value of righteous speech show us that it is wise to seek further the well from which it flows. 
The lips of the righteous feed many. This is referencing the actions of the righteous, not just the words. Yes, the words and intentions, but also the actions of the righteous produce what is good themselves and what is good for others. And so the lips, again, refer both to our words and to our hunger. And so this feeding can be both the words of life, like encouragement and edification and teaching and wisdom. They can all be very fulfilling, just like as if you ate a meal and were full, but also the material provision of food and what one eats. Have you ever had someone make food for you? A full stomach from an amazing meal that someone has prepared for you really is also a beautiful blessing. And we even have, you know, God has a, a spiritual gift of hospitality and that's the ability to make people feel and welcome and, and full and cared for. And food making is a huge one. How many love to make food for people? That's part of your gift. That's part of how you love to love people. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. Uh, verse 22, let's keep reading. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow within it. Doing wrong is a doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. And so the blessing of the Lord is an important qualification because the emphasis is on the Lord as the source. We always need to be testing and discerning what is the source. We can have material possession and material blessing acquired by sinful means. And we can even say this is a blessing from God, but the fruit will be evident in the source of the blessing, the fruit of wisdom, the fruit of righteousness, or the fruit of foolishness and sin. It will eventually show up. If the blessing is truly from the Lord that makes one rich, then how one seeks that wealth must be governed by a commitment to live righteously, wise, prudent, prudently. Our hope must always be placed in the Lord who provides not in the material possession itself. So we always want to keep our focus on God who is the provider, not actually what God has given us. The contrasting patterns of speech described in verses 19 to 21 show the state of the heart. The heart of the righteous finds pleasure in wisdom and can hope that such a path will lead to being established forever. And the heart of the wicked treats doing wrong as a trivial matter, yet dreads the inevitable end to which this path eventually leads. The reference to vinegar and smoke are just major irritants to the teeth and to the eyes. And in the same way, shiftless people are irritating because they can never be relied upon. Verse 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the blameless, but, the, but destruction to the evildoers. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. And so we see here the fear of the Lord prolongs life is not a guarantee or even 
specifically speaking of the length of one's time on earth, as a general rule of thumb, it can relate to that, but it, it isn't only limited to that. Same with what it's referencing for the wicked, that the wicked's years will be cut short. The reality is that our life is in God's hands, but we're continually invited into a life of blessing that comes from obedience or the robbing of that abundant life through foolish living and sinful living. Foolishness can rob us both from physical health and peace. And so this is what it's referencing here, but it is the Lord who secures one's life to the end. Proverbs uh, 10, verse 30, the declarations will never be removed and will not dwell indicate that the land here refers not to the geography of the original recipients, but to the promise end of the righteous path. And the last couple of verses here, verse 31 and 32, the mouth of the righteous bring forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. Here we see again the repetitious contrast of the mouth of the righteous and the mouth of the wicked. The perverse tongue manifests the state of the person's heart, and the fact that it will be cut off indicates that what the wicked have concealed in their speech has ruined them from the inside out. The mouth of the lips of the righteous manifest a heart that brings forth wisdom, which is a blessing for themselves and for others. And that's Proverbs chapter 10 today. So I'm curious to hear what stood out for you. What verses were kind of, you know, either highlighting something, revealing something, pointing something out. Maybe some of these verses brought some very specific circumstances that either you have been in or are in currently conversations that you've had with people. I find the Proverbs so amazing in that way because it like illuminates and explains how you feel in a, maybe in a specific situation or in a specific relationship that you can't often put the words to. Like you know that it's not good and not working, but you can't exactly explain why. And then the Proverbs will put it in one concise line and you're like, yes, exactly. That's how it feels. And it's just so fascinating how it can do that. So I'd love to hear what stood out for you. 